and welcome to the Westside Church's special Monday Morning Coffee Podcast. On this podcast, our preacher, Mark Roberts, will help you get your week started right with a look back at yesterday's sermon so that we can think through it further and better work the applications into our daily lives. Mark will then look forward into this week's Bible reading so that we can know what to expect and watch for. And he may have some extra bonus thoughts from time to time. So grab a cup of coffee as we start the week together on Monday Morning Coffee with Mark. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to the Monday Morning Coffee Podcast for Monday, April the 10th. Hope you had an amazing Easter Sunday. We're going to talk about that. We're going to climb into daily Bible reading. It is O-Dark 30, and it is an early start to the week. Maybe hard to get the motor started after all the events of a holiday weekend, but it is time. It's Monday. It's the Monday Morning Coffee Podcast, and let's get started. So pour that cup of coffee and let's think about yesterday's sermon. I would give you a little insight into preaching on Easter Sunday. It is a big, big challenge. We do have folks who are uncomfortable with any mention of Easter whatsoever because that's obviously not a biblical thing. We observe the Lord's Supper and remember the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus every Sunday, not just once a year. Then, of course, we have people who are visiting who expect to hear something about Easter Sunday. And among those people who are visiting, we have people who got drugged there by their spouse or by their parents because it is Easter Sunday and you got to go to church. And maybe we have some people who are beginning to think about Christianity a little bit and have some interest. You're trying to talk to everybody, and that can make the sermon last about four days if you're not careful and you try to do too much. But yesterday, tried to say some things about the evidence for the resurrection. It is an awfully big claim. But more than anything, bring that home and make that historical fact mean something to everyone, to be a life change event. And so yesterday we talked about the resurrection, meaning that we have to live for the Lord now, that we can be forgiven, and most importantly, that we have purpose and hope. That is really where I want to sit down more and more on the subject of hope. I've been preaching on hope in my gospel meetings this last fall and this spring, and I just really am impressed with how that resonates with people today, how people are looking for hope, and of course, how the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the center of all of our hopes. Keep thinking about that, keep working on that, and maybe share that lesson with someone. Send them an email link, send them a Facebook message, send them a text message, say, hey, do you need some hope? This sermon is about hope because Jesus' resurrection is about hope. Our hope comes from Him. He is not here. He is risen. Let's think about daily Bible reading. It is Monday, and we are beginning the last of Micah's sermons in Micah chapter 6 today. Today we read Micah chapter 6, verses 1 to 5, which begins, Hear what the Lord says. 
all three of these sermons begin with the word here. And I just need to remind you that this is a time of crisis and difficulty for the people of God. Maybe, maybe calling them the people of God is too generous because during the time of King Ahaz particularly, there was a lot of idolatry and a lot of wickedness, but there's also a lot of nervousness because of the rise of Assyrian power. And the Assyrians are marching into Israel and carrying the northern ten tribes off into captivity, never to be seen or heard from again. And you put all that together and you're going to get people talking about God and that maybe we should be turning to God and should we pray to God. And here is God's lawsuit. This is lawsuit language in today's reading. Notice that as he says, Hear and plead your case, verse 1, before the mountains. Hear, you mountains, the indictment of the Lord, verse 2. This is like it's being tried in a courtroom. Notice that God says, O my people, twice, verse 3 and verse 5. God still cares for them. They are still the people of God, and He is still interested in them, and He still loves them. And then verse 5, there is that call to remember what God has done in the past. The great case of Balak and Balaam, the talking donkey, and all that goes with all of that. God has done so much. Maybe people are talking about those past deliverances. And as they look at Sennacherib and the Assyrian armies to the north, they're talking about, hey, Couldn't God do something for us now? How is that going to work? Can God deliver them? Will God deliver them? Micah has much to say about what they can expect from God and what God expects from them. More on this tomorrow. See you on Tuesday. It is Tuesday, and we're reading today just three verses. Can you believe that? Micah 6, 6 to 8. What about that? Well, the reason we're reading just those verses is because these are some of the most famous verses in all of the Old Testament. And I talked about that in the 9 a.m. on Sunday because I preached specifically from Micah 6, 6 to 8. And I don't have an awful lot to add here in the podcast to that. If you weren't in the 9, then you need to go listen to that sermon. I would just say we have to keep sitting this in the time that Micah spoke it, during the time of of the fears of the Assyrians to the north. And there is a sense here of God is asking too much. When is God going to get on the job and do something for us? How can we get God to do something for us? We need a deliverance here. And God is specifying. This is what he wants. Verse 8, I want you to do justice. That's to act with equity and fairness, especially towards those who are oppressed, who are being run over. And then they need to love kindness, or some translations have mercy. And all those different translations just cue you up if you read from different translations and you should, that there is some difficulty translating the Hebrew word there, and that is that Hebrew word hesed, which we don't have a good English equivalent for. It is that loyal covenant love, faithful love is what that's about. And this this is talking about loving God and being faithful to their commitment to God, their covenant with God. And then finally, to walk humbly. And when we think, of course, of, of walking humbly, we think about humility and the things that go with that. It may actually be better rendered walk carefully. 
to live carefully within the law of God and the way that God wants you to live. I'm not real big on redefining terms, and I'm not real big on, oh, it says this, but it really means that. But there is a fair amount of discussion about how to handle that Hebrew word, and I think it's fair to say you can see that either direction. And I think maybe in some ways, living the way God wants you to live is part of walking humbly because I need to be humble enough to admit I'm not in charge. I don't know how to live. I need to do things God's way. So those may not be quite so contrasting. They may, in fact, be the same same idea that we need to do what the Lord wants us to do. So there is a huge emphasis here on do we need to make a big religious show to get God's attention? And the prophet says that's, that's not necessary at all. What you need to do is you need to do justice, you need to be faithful to the covenant, and you need to walk humbly with your God. That's a very simple formula, and I think that formula plays today just as much as it did in Micah's time. Maybe listen to that sermon again, pray about this, read it again and again, read it from different translations. It's only three verses, but what? Wow. What great verses these three verses are. See you tomorrow. Welcome to Wednesday, and today we finish Micah, the sixth chapter. We're reading Micah chapter 6, verses 9 to 16. And this, this set of verses really needs to go with the verses yesterday. Those verses are so famous, they just get read in isolation. But here today we read what's actually happening. Yesterday is what God wants to have happen. Now today we read verse 11, a man with wicked scales and a bag of deceitful weights. Can you imagine a rigged scale? So you go to the butcher and he weighs out your meat and you're being shorted, or maybe you go to the market and you weigh out your wheat to sell, and again, you're being cheated. The rich men are full of violence, verse 12. People speak lies. There's deceit, verse 13 judgment is going to come. The sentence is handed down, and the punishment fits the crime. Verse 14, you shall eat and not be satisfied. There shall be hunger within you. You shall put away but not preserve. What you preserve I will give to the sword. This is straight out of Deuteronomy 28, verse 40, and Deuteronomy 28, 51. We started the year in Deuteronomy because that is where the covenant is located, and those are the terms of the covenant, and there's the blessings, and there's the curses, and Micah quotes it. Micah quotes it. This is what God told you would happen if you live this way, and it's going to happen because you're living like Omri and Ahab. Verse 16, Omri and Ahab, kings in the north, and they ruled a hundred years ago but they are still the model of apostasy. They are still the consummate example of sin and wickedness. You're living like the northern tribes. What happened to them? That's going to happen to you if there's not repentance. Let's think through that more as we turn to Micah chapter 7 on Thursday. It is Thursday, and today we start Micah, the seventh chapter. We're reading the first seven verses here, and there's two parts to this. Verses 1 to 6 contain the complaint, and then verse 7 is about Micah's confidence. 
The imagery in verse 1 is not entirely clear, but it seems like the idea is the harvest has been stolen. I came to look for, the, the vineyard keeper comes to look for the harvest, and, and there's nothing there. And that's probably the image of invasion, the Assyrian army coming through and stripping the land bare and clean. Remember, it is quite common for Israel to be portrayed as a vineyard or as a vine. We saw that in Hosea 10. We will see that in Isaiah the fifth chapter. And the complaint here is about how there's no one who's godly. Instead, there is, once again, all kinds of oppression of the poor. In fact, in verse 3, the leaders ask for bribes. Oh my, this is just an absolute disaster. And so the day has come, verse 4, the day of judgment has arrived. The day of your watchmen, that becomes an important idea in a moment. The day of the watchmen has come. I've been watching for judgment. Now it is here. 5 and 6 describe all the chaos that goes with an invasion. People running everywhere, going everywhere, and betraying each other. And then Then there is the quiet confidence of Micah. Verse 7, as for me, I will look to the Lord. Look here or watch in verse 7 is the same term as watchman in verse 4. I am the watchman, but now I'm watching for salvation, not judgment. Let's talk more about that tomorrow. See you on Friday. Hey, oh, it is Friday, and we are finishing the week, and we're finishing the book of Micah. Today we conclude Micah. We're reading Micah chapter 7, verses 8 to 20, and this is Micah's song of victory. What you get here is four stanzas that have three lines each, and Micah is singing of hope, and Micah is singing of grace and forgiveness and what God is doing. You may notice that this song starts out quietly, and then it just gets louder and louder as Micah affirms the goodness of God. So that starts here in verse 8. Their hope is in God and what God is going to do if he punished Israel for wrongdoing. Then how much more will he punish those who have wronged his elect city and blasphemed him? And so Judah survives this invasion and ultimately is going to come home from Babylon. As I'm working down into verse 11 and verse 12, God is going to act. God is going to save. Ultimately, we're probably reminded here about what we read in Micah 4 about all nations coming to Jerusalem and to the mountain of God. God is still working in Jerusalem, and God is still working with his people here. The unbelievers, of course, verse 13, they'll become just a desolation. They'll be judged because of their deeds, and then God will shepherd his people. Just some beautiful language beginning in verse 14. There's prayer, and there's There's assurance and there's reflection here. God is speaking, verse 15, I will show them marvelous things. This sounds so much like Moses' victory song in Exodus 15 on the shores of the Red Sea when the Egyptians had been destroyed. All people will see the greatness of God and how he defends his people. Finally then, in verses 18, 19, and 20, there is a hymn of praise celebrating the God who forgives. And there is such beautiful language here. He does not retain his anger forever. He casts, verse 19, our sins into the depths of the sea. Wow, that is such a striking metaphor. And then once again, 
the promises are cited. You will show faithfulness to Jacob and steadfast love to Abraham right out of Genesis 12. God has promised and God will do as He has promised. That is our faithful covenant-keeping God. Praise God for being a promise keeper. That ends the book of Micah, and that's our daily Bible reading for this week. As always, I say thank you for listening. If you're liking what you're hearing, despite the raspy voice, if you love the Monday Morning Coffee Podcast, we would certainly appreciate it if you would give us a rating and if you would subscribe or follow on whatever app you listen on. That helps the show get out to more folks who are searching for something to help them with their daily Bible reading and their walk with the Lord. So until next week... May your coffee be delightful. I hope your Friday is wonderful. Hope to see you at the Westside Church of Christ on Sunday. And I pray the Lord will be with you today, all day. I'll see you on Monday with a cup of coffee. Thanks for listening to the Westside Church of Christ podcast, Monday Morning Coffee with Mark. For more information about Westside, you can connect with us through our website, justchristians.com, and our Facebook page. Our music is from Upbeat.io. That's Upbeat with two P's, U-P-P-B-E-A-T, where creators can get free music. Please share our podcast with others, and we look forward to seeing you again, with a cup of coffee, of course, on next Monday.